is Kai and Lafayette. We're two ex-engineers who quit our jobs to pursue the path with heart. We believe that experience is fundamental to understanding life and its concepts. So our weekly podcast is filmed and recorded on location from various parts of the world. It's thanks to our Patreon members like you that we're able to produce this content regularly. We offer varying benefits based on your pledge amount, from full-length videos of the episodes to weekly streams. So please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash the theory of living. Subscribe, leave us some feedback, and please share with your friends. Yeah, we're alive. Episode 20. Episode 20 already? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wow. If you've made it this far, <laughs> you are a trooper. Because it has been a work in progress, to right. say the least. Mm-hmm. But we're here. We're at our home, currently yeah. in Ao Nong, which is in the province of Krabi, mm-hmm. in Thailand. Yes. And speaking of Thailand, what's our topic for today, Kai? Thailand. Wow, okay, yes. that was so predictable. Anybody mm-hmm. could have guessed that? Yeah, obviously we talked about um, Thailand a little bit last time. We were talking about climbing, right? Uh, episode 19 and 18 a little bit uh, because of our dear friend Pong. Mm-hmm. Um, City monk, Pong. <laughs> and uh, we haven't been here that long, but I think uh, it's quite a good time to talk about Thailand in general. So we're not going to really get into um, specifics and details too much. Uh, that's going to be, you know, left for next time. You yeah, know, when later we, down the road. Yeah, when we have more experience with it. But right now, like you're saying, we have a more general overview. Mm-hmm. And maybe you've already seen some of our vlog episodes on youtube in bangkok yeah and then also again the interview with pong there as well which was in chiang mai mm-hmm. so we're just going to do a cursory overview of thailand and our experience so far with it yes because it's pivotal right now to try to encourage people to come to travel to thailand mm-hmm. um, restrictions are loosening up but mm-hmm. a huge part of thailand's economy is purely tourism yeah. So we need people like you and ourselves to come and support mm-hmm. and help the locals as well so they can keep thriving and right. we're able to explore their beautiful country and yeah. explore you, all the Do you food. care too much about these local people because you have a girlfriend already? <laughs> I don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> this guy right here. You he looks so genuine back there, so I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, she's pulling the strings behind me. Tell them to come. No, no, it's just, yeah. I mean, everybody here, as you know, obviously, has been right. so gracious and kind yeah. and going out They're their way. They're kind to us genuinely, right? Yeah, to be helpful, mm. and they want every, you know, foreigner to have a good time yeah. and tourists and things of that nature. And mm. you and I are a little bit different because we're going to be staying long-term here. Yeah. So I think we feel more, pressure's not the right word, but we feel more mm-hmm. of a responsibility to try right. and help contribute and yeah. to you know conform more into society and again we want to help those that have helped us right even if they haven't helped us that you know still worthy of help yes i mean they're just saying that you if you want to really know about a person who they really are you know see how they are at their worst right i mean during this time obviously tourism is getting back up but pretty bad right so people uh, Rubik, right? His name. Uh, Rubik, this mm-hmm. Indian restaurant that we go pretty often because their curry is Phenomenal. unbelievable. Um, what was the curry that we had in Bangkok? The famous curry. I don't remember. I forgot the name. I mean, you guys can see our um, Bangkok Part Two Chinatown. Um, that curry was good. At the time, I gave that curry nine out of ten because <laughs> of the curry that I gave six out of ten in Phoenix. But now I have to adjust all them back because. Mm-hmm. The curry, especially red curry, masaman curry, um, unbelievable. I'll give probably 9.5 or 10, or I'll just give like 9 actually out of 10, just because I have a lot to more explore. But uh, The scale's not linear, by the yes, way. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I give uh, Rubik's curry, papaya, shout out to papaya, and then he has a multiple restaurant. We'll probably get to it. But um, because of the reason, I give that nine. And the curry in Bangkok, which is very popular, very popular, um, probably six. And then curry in Phoenix, three. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) And these are all good. That's the funny thing because they're all more than edible. You know, even the one in Phoenix. Of course. Just very sweet, you know, way less nuance, very much in Mm -hmm. your face. 
kind of a, you know the American type of curry you'd expect, or yes. the twist on curry from an American mm-hmm. to make it more palatable, more digestible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you're saying, I mean, I have have we had a bad meal here? Here yet? I know Chiang Mai, we didn't have a single bad meal. No, we haven't had a bad meal here. I had a bad meal in Phuket for sure, um, but also great meal. But here, Chiang Mai and Krabi, we haven't had any bad meals yet. Nah, not yet. Which is amazing because you would think, again, with the hit to tourism, mm-hmm. that they would have a harder time, like getting you know supplies and things of that nature to produce mm-hmm. high quality food. But everything's fresh, made to order, and still, frankly, just phenomenal service and mm. delicious right <laughs> also the reason we brought it up uh Robic and his restaurant is that uh also the reason i said that um currently he said that the tourism is about five percent of what it used to be yeah uh, during this time which is peak time uh, up to april right yes that's correct yeah, but still, people are very kind to us, very genuine, try to help us uh, as soon as we say that. Um, well, I mean, tourists as well, but also we tell them that, oh, we're going to stay here for a while. You know, they try to help us to get a bike, you know, all that information. They're so kind. Yeah. Even their economy is not doing great. Yeah. Right? So that's what I wanted to say, that a lot of people here are genuinely kind, very nice. Um, so if you value... Uh, the quality of uh, relations and connections uh, in a community, Krabi or anywhere in Thailand, I can't speak for everywhere because I haven't been there, but at least the Krabi and Chiang Mai seem to be a very good place to be. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just the Thai people are naturally a very genuine bunch. And mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, there's always going to be the misfits and the people that stand out and people have poor right. experiences, you know, being taken advantage of, things of that nature. That happens in every country. Mm-hmm. It does. But if you're willing to engage with people here, yeah. then they're more than happy to engage with you. Mm-hmm. So you just got to put some effort, like any relationship anywhere in the world, and you'll be paid back tenfold. And like you said, you know, there's several people that have gone out of their way to help us out with procuring mm-hmm. a bike, finding a place to live, mm-hmm. um, general tourism, general stuff in nature. I mean, the pharmacist we met do... We're saying every day we're going to go see you, yeah. say hello, have a new word in Thai, and just extremely helpful. Spoke perfect English. Mm-hmm. And that's another wonderful thing is a lot of people here speak English pretty well in the tourist areas. And even when you're not, we live in a time period where we have Google Translate and all these mm-hmm. other functions that I literally don't have to speak any Thai. You don't have to speak any English, and yet right. we still have a conversation. And we've gone through that several times. And one of the best benefits so far of being here, I think, is the immigration office. Right. The gentlemen, mm-hmm. the women working in the immigration office here, specifically in Krabby Town, are exquisite, very kind, yeah. very helpful. Mm-hmm. and Making jokes. Yeah, 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 just laughing, you know, having a good time. Mm-hmm. And usually when you go to a government op- office anywhere mm-hmm. in the world, yeah. it's pretty. it's pretty rough. You know, most people are not there because they're trying to have something new or mm-hmm. something exciting to their lives. It's because they have to be there. Right. And it's difficult. It's hard to communicate. Most of the time, the immigration offices are dealing with foreigners that don't speak any Thai. Yes. They don't understand the culture, the mm-hmm. nuance, or all the application process, all the documents you need. Mm-hmm. They're at Krabby. They're literally doing the photocopies for us. They're explaining the process. Right. You know, they're saying, oh, don't worry about it. We'll get it fixed for you. Just, again, it goes to show you that there's a willingness from a lot of the Thai people to try mm-hmm. and get tourism back to where it was. Right. Because it's their livelihood. And it's not the livelihood of the immigration office, but it's helpful for them as well. Right. So I just can't speak highly enough and praise the Thai people highly enough for mm-hmm. their friendliness. Yeah. For sure. And also not to mention there are tasks usually at government office, especially immigrant immigration office here. Their jobs are very repetitive, um, nothing to really enjoy. Uh, I mean, obviously it depends on personality, but also that that's what makes it so hard, right? That's what makes it so hard to be friendly or, you know, bright at workplace. But they are. 
you know, a lot yeah. of more very helpful, very kind, makes making jokes. At, at least here at Krabby uh, Immigration Office, we um, what was that Chiang Mai when we went to immigra- Bangkok initially? Yeah, where we returned away. Mm-hmm. And then again in Chiang Mai, we went. Right. We had the volunteers that spoke English, right? So they were helpful as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, still a bit more confusing there, but again, people were generally trying to be helpful. Yeah, mostly the volunteers, right? But then here, there's no volunteers, and it's purely a Thai staff, and mm-hmm. incredibly helpful. I think it helps when you live near an island, yeah. or you know, you know, near beach in those types of climates mm-hmm. because. Generally, beach towns are just a little more laid back, a little mm-hmm. more chill. I really get that vibe here. So I think that just kind of breathes into the interactions. I think so, because we just uh, went to Phuket, mm-hmm. uh, came back yesterday. We were there for three days. Obviously, was not uh, long enough to experience everything there, but still uh, felt like it's a big city. I, I missed Krabby when I was there, you know, <laughs> just the calmness, the, that relaxed uh, atmosphere. Beaches right there, you know, all the restaurants along the water. Uh, it feels very relaxed, calm, you know. Don't get me wrong, there are bars and I wouldn't say that's a club, but places you can party for sure. Yeah. Um, we went to this uh, upbeat bar. Upbeat bar, yep. Yeah. Off the main um, drag. Yeah, Wednesday night uh, was popping. Yeah, it was crazy, and it was mostly Thai, which was nice to see. Mm-hmm. So yes. it seemed like a local bar that had live music and Thai, mm-hmm. a couple pool tables, drinks, yeah. and people just having a good time and enjoying themselves, which yeah. was, you know, it's wonderful to see, especially when it's not foreigners, mm-hmm. because then you know, oh yeah, you know, people are still, despite all this negativity, economically speaking, mm-hmm. still can find ways to have entertainment and enjoyment, mm-hmm. and I think that's again just a life-affirming thing yeah and it's wonderful no. it makes you want to f- enjoy your life yeah exactly uh also interesting things about thailand is that i thought i knew a lot about thailand uh, because i grew up in korea i heard a lot about Southeast typical Asia. korean arrogance <laughs> <laughs> and that exists by the way i actually <laughs> let me talk about it oh really because i mean this i think exists in, in, in general in any country that people view lighter skin uh, more associated with more the class mm. you know and then you know what I mean like there's people tend to look down on them mm. and uh, tend to associate them with uh, low class uh ghetto and things like that right oh you're saying the stigma attached to pigmentation of your skin so the darker you are the more typically negative right and if you know anything about biology or simple fact that that has to do with just pigmentation uh, which is exactly what the pigment uh, melanin right has nothing to do with it right (laughs) but even Thailand and in Korea um, that exists so Korean people, as you know, most of them are uh, have light skin just because of the weather condition. I obviously indigenous people in Thailand they are darker because the country is so close to the equator, uh, just fifteen uh, degrees above the equator, the tropical tropical um, uh, climate. Mm-hmm. But they have lighter skin people because of uh, they're of Chinese descendant. So Korean people look down on them. Uh, if you like, they make jokes like. Oh, you look like, uh, you know, South Asian person, like something mm. like that. Like, that's a joke. Like, means that you look wow. not cool, you know, something like that. So they're stupid, in my opinion. You yeah. just don't know, like, simple biological, biology, biology fact, you know? Yeah. But um, funny enough, that exists within the country as well. <laughs> Even with other Koreans, but with different no, 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 pigment here. skin. Oh, no, here, here in yeah. Thailand. Yeah, they, uh, lighter skinned women are more uh, considered more attractive than uh, darker skin women because I think it's due to class and uh, snobbery, basically, right? Yeah. Uh, so to me, it's all funny, but uh, funny and just something that we have to really, you know, get rid of eventually. But unfortunately, I see a lot here, even in Thailand. I thought I wouldn't really experience that in person, mm-hmm. um, but I have seen that a lot. Yeah. That I a mean, lot. the beauty standard is so varied depending where you go. But mm-hmm. like you said, 
pigment of your skin being lighter is typically seen as mm -hmm. more beautiful traditionally in mm -hmm. a lot of these places i mean you go into the pharmacy you'll find skin whitening cream yeah which you've seen it in france you've seen it in mm -hmm. korea you see it here it's kind of amazing that they've still held on to this antiquated mm -hmm. idea about yeah. what beauty is mm -hmm. because you and i would both agree that i mean there's beauty in all shades and pigment of skin and to i mean well that's different from what you told me <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're making me sound like a racist off camera <laughs> there's only kidding. one true beautiful skin color it's rainbow buddy <laughs> yes, you're right though right i mean we all, all agree on that um especially skin color um has nothing to do with beauty in my opinion um it has to do more with how the woman carries herself you know? oh yeah but, i mean yeah beauty is absolutely something that is more than just physical appearance mm -hmm. it's again like you said it's how you carry yourself it's how you interact with others mm -hmm. personality there's so many things that constitute beauty absolutely and it's an unfortunate byproduct of specific cultures and civilization that we create a beauty standard and that we can only see beauty within that lens or through that lens so mm -hmm. we kind of limit ourselves to actually experiencing beauty mm -hmm. when we have such a fixated idea of what constitutes it i can no longer see something outside of that as beautiful mm -hmm. so talk about like reducing my world and my reality and it's purely by my thought process and the ideologies i hold mm -hmm. like we talk about all the time here that all these embedded values can affect our ways and the way we interact with life and the paths we decide to take mm -hmm. that may not serve us at all yeah it's just hard to see and we all suffer from this you and i even have this in some regards and other mm -hmm. ways that maybe we're aware of or unaware of but we should be constantly trying to mm -hmm. re-educate ourselves in these matters based on yeah. experience and then of course you know empirical data when applicable mm -hmm. but again something we talk about all the time it's we need to go from experience to do it right absolutely and also um the one thing that we cannot skip when it comes to Thailand, uh, food. Food's here, right? So good. Because I didn't have much expectation when I came here. Um, just because only thing that I knew about Thailand food, Thai foods were uh, Pad Thai. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's Thai? <laughs> thai curry, just a few things. Uh, clearly just ignorant, right? I, I didn't know anything about Thai food. Just other than those common things that people know mm -hmm. uh, around the world. I mean, I was here four or five years ago, mm -hmm. and I had a similar experience where I didn't really have anything that was, like, mind-blowing. I that's guess that's because I did Why do you think that is? You were here for, I mean, long enough? Yeah, I mean, maybe because it was just, like, visiting mostly touristy places, mm. and I would order different things. Yeah. But, again, maybe because there was just so much tourism at the time that mm. there was maybe not as much attention on quality of food mm. or the places i just happened to go weren't the next level places because they were yeah. closer to the beaches things of that nature whereas this time obviously we've gone mm -hmm. on the off-beaten path yeah. to try many different things mm -hmm. and while we haven't had anything necessarily bad mm -hmm. we've definitely had things that have been way better than the other things right so i i'm very happy for the first time to feel like oh, i'm going to a foreign country and the food nine times out mm -hmm. of ten is going to be delicious yeah whereas my experience in other places like the food's different it's not bad mm -hmm. but it's not like mind-blowing but right. here i can definitely say the curry has been life-altering <laughs> i know i love curry now I <laughs> like i said i've had i've had uh so many different curries indian korean japanese so slightly all different mm -hmm. and then i came here i mean before this in Phoenix, that was my first time actually trying Thai curry, and that was even mind blowing. Wow, this is absolutely different from all of the curries that I had. I had tried, and then I had a curry here, uh, Bangkok, right? Chinatown, famous curry. It was good, but it was like I said I, at the time I gave nine just because it, it was different, and um, it was not. There was nothing about too overpowering in in the taste. Uh, profile but then i had curry here and i realized okay all those things are just not even comparable to yeah. this high quality curry and 
I think there are a couple of things that I can tell uh, talk about when it comes to Thai foods. One, subtlety. I think it's a throughout all the Thai foods, if they're good, considered good. What I mean by that is that a lot of uh, good places in America, even in the U.S., they have like very strong flavor uh, among all others. If it is sweet, very sweet. The pastries and cakes, very sweet. I mean, one thing is just dominant over all others. But here, even the things that, that are supposed to be sweet, slightly, subtly sweet, but good enough. Like, yeah. it's not short, you know what I mean? Like, very good. Like, yeah. I love that. Like, they have moderacy in their food. Next thing about it, same context, the portions are so small. I mean, I shouldn't say so small. Portions, portions are just moderate, just mm-hmm. good enough. Yes, sometimes when we're super hungry, we have to have two meals, but it's good enough. It's never too small, never too large. Let's talk. Let's be honest. Like American foods are oh. too goddamn huge, right? Yeah. But their portions are just enough. Like you, you can never overeat it with just one meal. Yeah. Unless you have like multiple meals. Oh uh, yeah, it would be very difficult to overeat here mm-hmm. if you have any type of moderate exercise. Yeah. And you get that because you can walk everywhere here, which is interesting because most people don't walk anywhere. Yeah. But I agree. I think the portion size is refreshing to see Mm -hmm. because you and I, you know, we moderate and modulate our food Mm -hmm. based on our fitness goals, health goals, Mm -hmm. longevity, blah, blah, blah. So we're already in the habit of doing that. But it's absolutely very nice to go out and Mm -hmm. not have to worry about, is that going to be too much food? Yeah. because I don't want to take home food. I just mm. want to be able to eat what's in front of me. And you never think about ordering another meal unless you're starving, mm. or you never think about, is this going to be too much? Am I going to overeat today? You just order your meal, mm-hmm. you eat it, and you feel satiated. Yeah. You feel full. You feel good. Mm-hmm. And even if you want dessert, like you said, there's a subtle sweetness to it that keeps you coming back for more. Yeah. But again, you don't get that huge sugar rush and mm-hmm. then the crash that follows. Typically... Right with what you would get somewhere in America or maybe some other countries that... Come on, America. (laughs) Pull it together. (laughs) You could do this. (laughs) But yeah, I find that very Mm -hmm. enticing when I go out to eat. That I can have a dessert that's not going to break the bank. Yeah. As far as like calorie count, health, or or financially speaking. Mm -hmm. It's very nice. Yeah. I think that aligns with their personalities too. Uh, Thai peoples that that uh, moderacy. Um, they're not. Maybe there are some, but from my experience, they're not really greedy. You know about anything. I think that translates to um, their food culture as well. Seems to be. Yeah. 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 Seems to permeate throughout mm-hmm. everything in the culture. Yeah. Everything seems to be interconnected. Yeah. What's been outside of the curry? Has there been anything especially delicious for you? That was kind of just like, wow, that's really good. Mm, not yet. Not yet. Just because food quality here uh, is very high, uh, it's, it's kind of hard to pick one thing that is mind blowing to me mm-hmm. yet. Just because, you know, I I grew up eating a lot of Asian foods, so nothing crazy to me. Yeah. Curry was the only thing that just blew my mind. Yeah. Well, you haven't been blown away by the amazing beer selection yet? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that, actually. <laughs> so that's one bummer in Thailand, for me at least, because I love beer, um, especially strong beer. So let's start with that. It's hard to find. Well, let's start with the selection first. Their selection of beer is very small. Uh, almost anywhere you go, you have to find a beer specialty place, which is hard to find. Maybe in Bangkok, easy to find, but um, here in Krabi is hard. Well, most places just have Thai beer. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if they have another uh, another things, that there would be just uh, famous uh, Western commercial beers like Heineken and Budweiser, which I have no Ugh. interest in drinking. No. Uh, so, Chang. By the way, all the beers are uh, named after animals. Uh, Chang, uh, elephants. Um, Singha, tiger. Leo, uh, leopard, right? Among all those, uh, our favorite has been 
Sing Ha. Yeah, for sure. Just 4.8% alcohol percentage, I think. Very low. Very low. But we love it. Uh, I, we just drink it like water, honestly. Okay, it's not even alcohol anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like refreshing. Drink. Yes, beer, please. Sing Ha. Small one is very small, by the way. Um, would you say like 250 milliliters, maybe? Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Very small. So we just chug it almost like like water because it's so hot here that's what we found actually that you don't really need that strong beer right i mean at night i need it but <laughs> uh, you don't really need strong beer that's just good enough i think that's why they don't have strong beer right yeah i mean when you're anybody who's ever been in a very warm climate mm. especially when it's humid the last thing you want is a very strong beer when you're practically dehydrated all the time because you're sweating nonstop. <laughs> And then you're going to get <coughs> super buzzed or drunk, and you're going to feel lethargic and heavy, mm-hmm. which yeah. just combined with the weather, very rough, yeah. very rough to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think, like you were saying, that's why they're more in line with these weaker, lower ABV alcohols and mm. drinks, because they yeah. just they work better long term. <clears throat> yeah, I think so. So, but I still miss uh, some strong beer sometimes. I do too, but yeah. you know me lately. Three drinks and I'm yeah. sick the next day, even though I don't get even drunk or anything like that. Now I'm thinking about it. Maybe it's because of the weather. I don't know. Like yeah, maybe, possibly. Maybe that has some effect. Yeah, maybe I'm not drinking enough water. Not staying yeah, hydrated enough. Mm, yeah, that could be it actually. Now I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Could be a lot of things. Yeah. <clears throat> Are you dying there? You choking? <clears throat> yeah, choking, choking on, on the podcast. <laughs> oh, it's all good. The coffee as well. That's another mm. good thing to mention. Oh, yeah. Let's See, there's so many that. good things about Thailand. This is yeah. why there's going to be multiple episodes about Thailand. Yeah. But the coffee everywhere we go, I I don't think I've had a bad cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Maybe the airport was the only one, but yeah. again, you know, it's excusable. It's an airport. It's just trying to get mm-hmm. in and out. Yeah. But everywhere we've gone so far. Again, don't really know what the source of the bean is or if the roaster's local, mm-hmm. but the Americanos and just regular coffees have been phenomenal. Very yeah. delicious. So if you're a coffee drinker, you'll probably have a really good time here. Grant, mm-hmm. your selection's less, mm-hmm. you know, less varied, of course, but haven't had a bad one yet. Yeah, I agree. Um, their, their coffee is very also, just like their good food, very subtle. Uh, there's no... Especially acidity is very um, low, I think, because it's not bitter, right? None of them so far I've had uh, was bitter, strongly mm-hmm. bitter, which is the case in, in many uh, coffee shops in, in the U.S. at least. I don't know about Korea or Japan. They also love coffee. Uh, Japan, when I was there in 2020, uh, coffee was okay. I, I wouldn't say that it was bad or good, but uh, their quality, average quality was also high. I think that's the case in Korea as well. U.S., just because there are so many goddamn places, we just get many bad apples, I think. Right? Yeah, you have to be very selective because yeah. there's just too much choice, like you were saying. Mm. So usually you find a good coffee you want to stay with that. Yeah. I think that's the case. Mm-hmm. So... Average quality of coffees here in Thailand is very good compared to other countries, in my opinion. You know, if you're from Italy, <laughs> <laughs> please. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, quality is pretty good here, uh, coffee wise. And then very cheap, right? I mean, most yeah. like, at, at least in Krabi, Americano is about like 50 baht. It's like a dollar fifty something like that. It's very cheap. So, you know, you can't really complain. Yeah. I mean, that's another good thing to talk about. We're basically giving people a checklist of reason of why to come. Come visit or come stay long-term like us. So, Oh, are we staying here long-term? Oh, that's the plan, Uh, you know? Okay. Well, Well, maybe he's leaving. I guess I'm staying. I don't know what's (laughs) happening. (laughs) Because I don't have a girlfriend and you have (laughs) (laughs) a What girlfriend is this? I don't even know her. (laughs) But, yeah, we're staying here for uh, for long-term for now. At least six months. At least six months. Yeah, the list. um, Trying for a year. Yeah. So we have plans to train Muay Thai. Education visa. Education visa. If you didn't know, that's one of the ways to get uh, an education visa. Yeah. Language, cooking, 
Muay Thai. Yeah. One of the three. And then other, you can also go to a university, a legitimate university, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to study whatever they offer. Yeah. So agriculture, other things, biology, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Traditional university type stuff. Mm-hmm. So since we've got that covered, yeah, one of the other great things specifically about the area is the vastness of the nature here. I yeah, mean, absolutely. coastline, it's completely green. You have these huge, beautiful limestone cliffs just protruding from the ocean, mm-hmm. just covered in jungle. And yeah. it's, I mean, go go watch some of the reels that we've posted, yeah. some of the stories. Absolutely gorgeous. It's, it's breathtaking. Mm-hmm. It's hard to believe that's our front yard, our backyard, and we're surrounded by it. Yeah. And it's also accessible very easily. It's it's something you need to see in person. You can't reiterate that enough. Yeah. Because again, the pictures and the videos just don't do it justice. And they're beautiful. Like, don't get me wrong. Even when I look at the picture or a video, I'm like, wow, it's gorgeous. That's pretty good. Pretty good representation. Yeah. But when you're there, you're on a boat or you're swimming in the ocean and you come up and you see it or, you know, you're riding on the bike mm-hmm. and you hit the horizon and you see these beautiful things. Right. You're just awestruck consistently awestruck Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's ever gonna go away because it feels the same way when the first time i saw it yeah so if you're looking for just grandeur and majesty Mm -hmm. this is definitely a spot to come yeah because not only do you have access to all this beauty you have a whole bunch of activities Mm -hmm. we were saying before this is similar to kind of california it feels like you've got mountains in the loose sense of the word i mean they're mainly just limestone cliffs You've got skateboarding if you really want to do it. There's a skate park here. Yeah. Crazy. You can surf, apparently. I hear the surfing's better in Phuket. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what I hear. There's, like, actually pretty good surfing there. You can Hmm. go to school for surfing as well. Um, Not for the education visa, but, you know, privately. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be sick. There's snorkeling, Mm -hmm. really good scuba diving, multiple areas. There's rock climbing, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which... We've got to do. We've yeah. done a bit, but we're going to do a whole bunch more. Yeah. There's Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. There's cooking. Mm-hmm. There's walking on the beach. Yeah. There's hiking through the jungle, so trekking. Yeah. I, there's just a whole bunch of things and options yeah. here to do. I mean, yeah, the only downside is that, yeah, it can be hot some days, but you just either go in the morning or wait till the evening mm-hmm. or just, I don't know, who cares? It's a little hot. Bring yeah. a little more water with you. Put on some sunscreen, put on a hat, and you're good to go. Yeah. Not a big problem, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't stopped us yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, all that actually. Also, what makes Krabi some a uh, little more special is uh, climbing, right? Mm. Uh, there are a lot more climbings in, in Krabi than any other uh, areas in Thailand, as far yeah. as we know. Yeah, uh, it's one of the spots that climbers come from. Yeah, all of the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dirtbaggers come here all the time. Mm. Not only this country from all around the world because yeah. it's so affordable yes and then the season it's got a long season don't get me wrong it's not like ideal conditions if you're looking for mm-hmm. the hardest climbing in the world that you can perform but it's an adjustment period people still climb the hardest things that are here yeah that live here mm-hmm. so it's i mean it's just hard to beat what what place in the world can you in yeah. the same day you know go train muay thai and then walk off to the cliff mm-hmm. over the ocean, over the yeah. beach, climb a few pitches, and then go for a swim in crystal clear water. Yeah. And then have fresh, you know, fresh seafood. Oh, not, not awesome. a lot of places in the world you can do that. Yeah. At an affordable price, too. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, this is like a climber's paradise. Yeah. There's a bit of everything. I mean, mm-hmm. not, not trad or ice climbing obviously maybe there's some trad i'm unaware of but there's some bouldering but primarily sport climbing mm-hmm. so just beautiful Rayleigh beach tonsai mm-hmm. which is literally just a short 10 minute boat ride for us yeah and we're there we have access to all of it mm-hmm. yeah i mean we've been we've been here for how long now three weeks now two weeks two or three two okay. three weeks we've we, lost track of days <laughs> <laughs> well we've been kind of busy to busy. Uh, yeah do the paperwork for Staying here longer, um, you know, finding a gym. Because not all Muay Thai gyms have uh, offer education visa. So that's one thing that, 
you need to know if you want to uh, take the route and also we need to get a bike because here the main transportation is a uh, bike so you already got one you want to talk about it like you love it yeah yeah i got a motorcycle yesterday just 250cc so mm-hmm. good starter bike you don't need anything powerful here yeah you know most of the scooters are 110 or 125 mm-hmm. small engine nothing serious but yeah. like you're saying you need ideally mm-hmm. a motorbike or a scooter to get around it yeah. just makes life so much more accessible and you're able to get around the streets are very narrow so mm-hmm. a car is not ideal doesn't really make sense yeah like, yeah it rains a lot and we've been caught in the rain several times on <laughs> while we're driving it's fun. <laughs> yeah it's fun yeah and yeah, maybe this isn't the best place to learn, you mm-hmm. know, how to drive a motorcycle or a scooter. But right. honestly, it's like riding a bicycle with just a little more things. Yeah. You, you just need to be more cautious, though. Yeah. Because it's powerful. 110, it sounds like nothing compared to cars. But it's powerful enough. <laughs> if you don't, if you're not cautious, you can get, you know, you yeah. get hurt. Yeah, absolutely. And, but- um, and uh, one thing that you need to know about um, motorcycles here is that people drive quite aggressively mm. uh, because there are more motorcycles than cars on the street maybe not in bangkok obviously the big cities but uh, here in krabi and other small cities you will see at least equal numbers of a number of motorcycles right oh, so yeah. they just maneuver very dangerously uh, so you got to be careful with that um, so if you come here for the first time you need to get used to it and but now like I mean, the side is also different too right the driving side is different from um, the US so here the left side is going forward the other side is uh, the, the other direction but um, so far so good right yeah I yeah. mean catch on pretty quickly yeah and maybe we're fortunate because it's not busy tourist mm. season because yes. of COVID so we don't really have to worry too much about that but mm-hmm. yeah you gotta keep your wits about you which you should be doing no matter what Right. Remember in Bangkok, we were driving, we were riding in a taxi, and mm-hmm. we look over, and this guy's watching YouTube as he's driving his bike. And I mean, it's like there's only maybe a foot and a half between yeah. him and like the cars. Like he's in between, he's just riding his bike, watching mm-hmm. a YouTube video. I know. And somehow, I'm sure the statistics. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, yeah. accidents and things of mm-hmm. that nature, and people getting injured. Yeah. Very high number. That's what I. Heard. Yeah, but surprisingly, it's just kind of the way of life here. Mm -hmm. People find ways to still get their entertainment (laughs) while driving. Yeah. Um, The price, if you want to rent it, the price is about like anywhere between 200 and 300, I think, right? Uh, Depending on the the CC of the bikes. But it's pretty affordable. Yeah, so that's about, you know, 7 to $10 US dollars Mm -hmm. per day. Per day. Per day as in like 24 hours. Yeah, most places, not um, by date, basically, right? Yeah. So it's affordable. If you come for vacation, rent a bike for mm-hmm. week, two weeks, yeah. you can work out some negotiations. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit cheaper as well yeah. than that per day cost. Mm-hmm. But again, if you're just coming for a short stint, you're probably going to have a spot close to the beach, walking distance to everything mm-hmm. may not be necessary for you. But... I would still recommend doing it because it just gives you that much more access to Thailand mm-hmm. and to different places yeah. that you didn't have before. And again, it's like riding a bicycle. Yeah, Anybody can do it. I mean, I know people that have been hurt. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, you got to take some <laughs> risks to get some advantage. So right. it's one of the upsides, maybe the downsides of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Oh, the funny thing about motor- riding a motorcycle is that um, people wear masks, but without without helmet. <laughs> but you get fined, right? <laughs> so people rather get not fined than, um, you know, getting hurt. Yeah, than protect their noggin. <laughs> yeah, it's so strange. But most that's what most Thai people do. I'm not talking about even foreigners. Let's talk about that, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we talked about it a little bit. But foreigners really do not wear masks here. Um, yeah, it's it's on the street. It's very, I, I kind of find it shocking and mm-hmm. frustrating because, you know, I guess it depends where you come from, how maybe progressive or mm. health conscious that that country is as yeah. far as COVID is concerned. But it's kind of alarming to see that almost every foreigner 
never wears a mask. It mm-hmm. seems kind of like a blatant disregard for, mm. I don't know, the Thai people and kind of their laws. It just to me, even if I don't agree with it, mm-hmm. out of respect, I would do it. Yeah. And we do it. You and I wear it. Yeah. I mean, again, we're planning on being more long-term, mm-hmm. more in line with the locals. So don't want to not wear it. Yeah. But I know it's a... It's an interesting topic, COVID and mm-hmm. government regulations surrounding it. But I would just advise you to be respectable when you go somewhere. Just yeah. like if you're going to the temple, wear mm. the right attire. If you're going mm-hmm. to a different country that has a law surrounding it, yeah, you know, maybe wear your mask. And there's yeah. locals that'll tell you, ah, oh, we don't, we're not worried about it. You know, we don't care. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe it's not that big of a deal, but yeah, I mean, obviously, it's not really. Uh, whether or not you should make the decision uh, on a scientific basis, right? Because uh, we all know by now that in sunlight, uh, the virus really can survive. But all that uh, aside, I mean, this is what they're practicing here. So, I mean, you're in another country, right? You're a foreigner. I think it's, like you said, out of respect. I think it's, it's better to respect their laws and rules. Men in Rome, guys. <laughs> you know, uh, rather than just ignore it. It's not about whether or not it's effective. I mean, you can make that argument, but in my opinion, I think it's uh, important to respect other people's culture when you're there. Yeah. I mean, so. you don't want to leave a bad taste in their mouth about you uh, and your culture. Yeah. So why would you do the opposite, yeah. basically? Yeah, I mean, it could be controversial, but in my opinion, in our opinion, um, respecting all the culture when in their country, when in their culture, um, it's important. I think that's. It's. I mean, it's super important because it's very difficult mm. to build a relationship mm-hmm. with somebody if they don't feel respected. Yeah. And again, not that you're necessarily are trying to communicate that you're being disrespectful, mm-hmm. but it can come off that way. Yeah. And it would just be better to play the safe bet, mm-hmm. build a relationship with somebody, and then maybe you'll find some type of agreement there <clears throat> where they'll understand. Oh, he's not wearing his mask because right. I understand. You know. Yeah. Whereas somebody can just immediately make a judgment against you. Mm-hmm. And again, you shouldn't always be worrying about people making judgments against you. But you've got to use your own common sense. Right. And, you know, as a tourist, you should also try to just be respectful mm-hmm. of the land, the places you go. Because it could be tantamount, similar to littering. Like, oh, yeah, right. you're just going to come to this country and take advantage of its beauty and blah, 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 and not worry about any of the laws or regulations just because you're a foreigner, you can leave yeah, or you can afford to pay the fine. Right. Like, dude, that's not cool. Like, right. just because you can afford to get out of it. Yeah. You know, it's a little... Yeah. No, it's extremely rude. It's not even a little bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree. Just, you know, be conscious mm-hmm. of yourself and others. Yeah. I think, uh, speaking of respect, one way to show your respect is to maybe... Learn a little bit about a uh, little bit of Thai before you come here, right? At least you know being able to say hello, thank you. Um, would it be like bare minimum? I think. Yeah, right? I mean those those are very easy. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, just like Spanish, there's gender by the way. Uh, so hello is to man, sadikap, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to a woman, sadika. Yeah. It's a ka, ka, a ka. Mm-hmm. So differences. Mm-hmm. There, just again, nobody's gonna berate you or be upset <laughs> if you misuse the words right. or even if you don't use them at all. Right. But I think it is when you use more than just those words to tell, you know, if you're gonna mm-hmm. ask somebody, like, how are you? Mm-hmm. You know, Savade Mai, mm-hmm. things like that, there's an appreciation. You can tell, yeah. like, oh, this person, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. more than yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it seems a little more considerate. And right. You'll probably get, again, you already are treated nice, but somebody might feel a little more Mm -hmm. happy to serve you or help you out just because they feel like you're putting interest and time and effort, Mm -hmm. yeah, into their language and their culture. Yes. And there's a great appreciation. Just Mm -hmm. like you would appreciate somebody visiting your land, trying to communicate on your terms Mm -hmm. and, you know, through your understanding. And then also another thing is that uh, Thai language is tonal language. Uh, Chinese by far um, the most spoken language, uh, tonal language. They have the standard Mandarin has four tones, but I was told that if you go different regions and dialects, there are multiple tones. So I think still Chinese is uh, the most has most tones in their language, but Thai has five tones, guys. 
That's a lot. So, uh, which makes it uh, typically monosyllabic uh, differentiate them, right? Because of the tones. Mm -hmm. So that's why you, uh, when you hear Thai language, it's like there's a flowy language because of the five tones they have. I didn't know that. I, I thought, like I said, I thought I knew about Thailand, but I didn't know they have five tones, more than one more tone than Mandarin. You know, so I, I was yeah, very surprised no by it. I had no idea when you told me that. Yeah, I mean, you can hear it. You yeah. can hear the different tones, but I never. I, th- I, I just, did, thought, I just that thought that was how they spoke. Yeah, you know? yeah I that's what I thought too. Had any connotation or meaning associated behind mm-hmm. tone? Mm-hmm. So kind of very surprising makes you look back on all those conversations you had you're like oh mm. maybe they weren't being nice <laughs> <laughs> um what else do you have anything uh you want to talk about well this will be our new podcast location for some time mm-hmm. unless we decide to move somewhere else but i think we're mm. gonna stick here for at least three months mm-hmm. and then you know get a feel for the area see if we like one spot in almong more or yeah. crabby in general um, if you have any interest in a tour of the place, please let us know. It's beautiful. Yeah. And we'd love love to show you or yeah. help answer any questions in regards to Thailand. I've been answering some of them on Reddit right now, the mm-hmm. Thailand tourism. Mm-hmm. Just trying to give people some information because, again, you and I have gone online to find information to only find out there's contradictory information in yeah. person when you mm-hmm. go get something done or what form or what app exists mm-hmm. or you know et cetera et cetera mm-hmm. tons of incorrect information or information that hasn't been updated just because right. covid's changing rapidly things are done a little bit different regionally between mm-hmm. immigration offices so yeah we'd love to answer any questions or comments on that yeah and we're actually here now so if there's something you want to be seen done or interested in mm-hmm. as far as the vlogs concerned yeah whether it be food adventure sport or otherwise mm-hmm. please let us know we've got a quite a long list of personal things we're trying to accomplish while we're here yeah you know swimming muay thai diving diving mm-hmm. free diving um quite quite a vast array yeah because there are so many things to do right yeah exactly mm-hmm. but again we want to help make content that's interesting to you the viewer yeah and things you want to see or maybe learn mm-hmm. and we love to be able to help guide that and learn it with you yeah and then share that information right absolutely um i guess that's one da- downside um about this thailand in general is that the government offices and their websites are not so up to date a lot of information that's why there are so many contradictory articles and information so and i think one of the reasons is that it is not mm, all of them are not digitized right excuse me so i think we can answer those questions as well if you have uh, plans to come here if you have some concerns uh, questions to be answered let us know we can find out you know we're locals now kind (laughs) of um so let us know we'll um Definitely get to you uh, yeah. with the right information. And if you come to Al Nong or Krabby, we'll mm-hmm. meet up with you, have a beer, chat, can hang out. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we know a lot of good spots here. So yeah, yeah. So we're into uh, forty-eight minutes now. Um, anything else before wrapping up? I don't think I have anything particular. Okay. Oh, I think there's one more thing that I wanted to talk about uh, when it comes to. Thailand. Um, transgenderism, right? Ah. Very, very, very prevalent mm-hmm. in Thailand. Lady um, boys. Yeah. Is that what you're referring very, to? Yes. Offensive term. Uh, <laughs> what? That's what I was told that uh, is a very offensive Who term. Who told you that? Um, some people, some articles. Yeah, know, I, don't, I don't know if it's offensive uh, because they claim themselves as lady boys. Yes. Just because they, I don't know. But that's what I was told. Mm. But. Uh, transgenderism is, uh, in general is very prevalent in Thailand mm-hmm. and um, we, we were very curious at first why why only in this country right uh, I looked into a little bit and it seems to be uh, associated with uh, religion Buddhism mm-hmm. itself mm-hmm. so uh, they consider simple as well just like any other religion but the dif- difference is that um, they consider it congenital 
meaning that they accept it. They mm. see it as you can, something that you cannot change. Mm. So okay. it's more acceptable. I think mm. that's why uh, the transgenderism uh, is very prevalent in mm. Thailand. I wonder mm. when it became culturally acceptable. Because it seems something that's been here for a long time, mm-hmm. at least. But yeah. I would definitely... We'll have to talk to some people, you know, actually yeah. get a real... We tried. Uh, yeah. Just we couldn't get right answers from uh, those yeah, people. Yeah, they but, seem to yeah. they have differing, mm-hmm. yeah, more ideological-based opinions rather than, like, yeah. experiential. So we'll have to talk to a yeah. lot more people, I think, to have a better, more well-rounded Yes, because obviously Thailand is not only a country uh, with Buddhism. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right? Buddhist country, basically. India, China. Um, I don't know if I can call China Buddhist country, but I think I can. Yeah. China, um, probably the second biggest place from India that Buddhism had become um, very big. Mm. Right? So, but we don't really see that transgenderism in China and India that much, as much as, as we see in Thailand, right? Yeah, I wonder how much of that has to do with like the government mm-hmm. having a specific way you're supposed to, you know, maintain your mm-hmm. image, right? Because mm. to even step out specifically in China for a long time, right? In certain dynasties or regimes, right, mm. was punishable by death or otherwise, yeah. right? So, right, it's a complex issue that we'd have to look a lot more into because I think it's probably not as simple as meets the eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only kind of difference is that the uh, sex industry in Thailand uh, mm-hmm. is very big here because uh, since especially the Vietnam War uh, period, when um, the sex industry became very big because mm-hmm. of American soldiers uh, going through Thailand to Vietnam, uh, it became their like entertainment mm-hmm. basically district, and I think that uh, tr- contributed a lot to. The blooming of transgenderism, which is mm. part of the sex industry. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I I, I wouldn't know, if I, you know, for sure. So, I mean, that's something that I like to... Yeah, I'd be curious to know. Yeah. I mean, it's a big part of the culture and just mm-hmm. your I'm everyday experience. I'm very just curious yeah. why that's the case, you know. But, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's about it today. Yeah, I right? think so. Yeah. Well, so, please, you know, as usual, leave a review, a comment, a question. Mm-hmm. Dislike, I mean, a like button, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and we'll uh, get back to you. So, until next time, bye guys. Thanks for joining us this week. We hope you found some value in this episode. Please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash the theory of living. Subscribe, leave us feedback, and share us with your friends. Get out there and design a theory that calls you to experience. We'll see you next week. Thanks.